You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Welcome back to another Thursday edition of Huddle Up, a football podcast. I'm Tony, joined by Corey, as always. Welcome back, Corey. How we doing? Uh, we're doing good. Daniel's on vacation again. Is this his second vacation? We've done three episodes this season, and he's missed two of them because he's been at the beach. Yeah, yeah. I just got an email. I apologize for that. Let's close that out. Anyway, welcome back. Free agency. The new year is here. Happy New Year. That's what we should have called the show is Happy New Year. Oh, yeah. We're idiots. We can still name it that. I guess we'll still name it that. It is the new year. Uh, flurry of activity the last couple of days, which we expected. Um, Lamar Jackson still hasn't been signed, which we expected. Right? Yeah. The big, the Lamar, big, need, Lamar needs an agent. He needs an agent. I get what he's trying to do. I guess it's kind of cool, but like, come on, let's play, let's play some football, bud. Yeah. It's kind of cool, but it's not very smart and, and we'll see what happens. One of the things we didn't talk about last week with Lamar wanting all this money, and looking for a new deal, the team, any team that offers him a deal, the Ravens have five days to match it. So that team would miss, like the Ravens would, or whatever team, I guess, would court him, would miss basically all of this flurry of activity. They wouldn't be able to do anything because they wouldn't have the money available to do it. So I guess that's the other part of, yes, he needs an agent. Um, so Lamar hasn't gone anywhere. Uh, let's just... I guess jump into it before we get into these these names that we wrote down together before the show. Was there anything we didn't put on there that you want to at least mention from this week? Um, I'll look and say just something real quick on Lamar that I just thought of. Uh, not to keep talking about it, but uh, if he's so high on himself, like what these contracts that they're proposing to him are like. Yeah, so much is guaranteed, and then the rest of it is if you're on the field and you perform, then you get all the money. And it's probably going to be more money than you would on just a fully guaranteed. So why don't you just sign the contract and prove that you're that good? You're obviously afraid you're going to miss some time or something because you're afraid of losing some money. Yeah, there's something. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Ultimately, I think, unfortunately, he doesn't have good advice. Uh, he doesn't have good football advice. Maybe good motherly advice, but not really good football advice. <laughs> um. Some things that I saw, I like Juju to the Patriots. I think that move makes a lot of sense. Um, I saw Jacoby went to the Commanders. I kind of, I kind of would have liked to see the Colts dabble in the Jacoby, uh, like bringing him back. I think he's a guy you can field without him getting booed off the field when he doesn't perform. But maybe they're holding out for like a Gardner Minshew, somebody that's been in. Um, the new coach's offense. For some reason, his name is not coming to me at the moment. Shane Steichen is his name. Shane Steichen. Steichen. I don't know. I don't really want to see. I don't want to see the Colts dabble too much with quarterbacks right now. I think Jacoby landed in a good spot for him. I think he can compete. When I say I don't want him to dabble in quarterbacks, I mean in backup positions. Like the Colts aren't going to cut Matt Ryan, which they've cut Matt Ryan today. They're not going to cut him to go to Jacoby. Uh, that wouldn't really be a viable option. So ultimately, that would mean Jacoby would be a backup fighting for a starting position. 
And I would much rather than be spending resources elsewhere right now. Uh, I mean, you'd bring in Jacoby to be your starter while you sit in Anthony Richardson or somebody. Oh, my God. Anyway, before we get lost on that, um, Juju. I liked the Juju, Juju deal. I thought about it a little bit this morning or this afternoon. I didn't really love it at first, but I forgot Devontae Parker is still there. And if Devontae Parker is the deep threat and he's healthy and Juju can take some of the intermediate routes, could be a match made in heaven. I kind of yep. like that the more I think about it. Uh, Frank Reich with the Panthers has made some moves here. Obviously moved up to one. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But um, they just grabbed, grabbed a defensive tackle. They grabbed Miles Sanders. Big deal for Miles Sanders. Yeah, they grabbed, oh, they let P.J. Walker go. There's something else I saw in here. Hayden Hurst. I think I saw Hayden Hurst to the Panthers. So Frank Reich's uh, trying to set up a good situation there for a young quarterback, it looks like. Well, Frank Reich's not the general manager. But I think I get what you're saying. And they signed Andy Dalton. So they did the exact thing I was hoping the Colts would do. I could see the thing about that situation with Andy Dalton, he's not a bona fide starter anymore. Like they've got, they just traded up to the first overall pick. They're taking their future quarterback. And like we talked about last week, I don't think that the first overall pick is going to sit. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they sit for three or four games. Like maybe it's a real short term thing that I guess would make some sense. But with that situation, I don't, I don't see a world where Andy Dalton starts the entire season. Now what they have is an absolute veteran, a bona fide veteran to guide and mentor in a way that honestly, I think I would prefer Andy Dalton to Jacoby in that role. Just, just in times time played and um, different offenses looked at and just the way that the game moves. I feel like Andy Dalton's probably got a better handle on it than in Jacoby. Does that make sense? Is that fair? I mean, that, that's fair. It makes sense, but I mean, I'm not saying that I would, I would rather start Jacoby of the two of them, but I'd rather have Dalton in the locker room with my future quarterback. Sure, and I maybe I used Jacoby as an example. Any one of these guys, Jacoby, Andy Dalton, or Gardner Minshew, just somebody to bring in that's a breath of fresh air in the quarterback room besides Matt Ryan and Nick Foles. Maybe they just keep Nick Foles, and he's that guy that does that. I think, I think I he's going to be the guy that does that. I don't think they're going to go out and, and do something there. The Colts aren't. Um, I don't think they will. I really don't. Um, anything else? Not Colts related. Not at the moment. Uh, can you email me the show sheet? Yeah, I'll do it right now. I stand alone. There we go. All right. The biggest move. Okay. Is that all? Is that all for the stuff from, from that you picked up from the week? Like things that we haven't wrote down. I mean, yeah. Okay. Then let's just get into it. The, the biggest move that hasn't happened Aaron Rodgers is still a Green Bay Packer. And I don't know if you watched the Pat McAfee show. I think you do. Oh. Did you see him today? 
Did you watch um, the thing? Yeah, yeah. I didn't watch it live. I, I got busy, but um, yeah, I think everybody probably saw that. Yeah. Um, huge, I guess. Pat said he had like 400,000 people watching it live. Like, that's a kind of a big deal. I believe it. That's He's a, probably getting super chats out the wall Z. That's a big deal. Um, Aaron Rodgers came out and said he wants to be a Jet. That he thought about retiring, came out of the darkness and wanted to be a Jet. Basically, he said that um, the Packers are the holdup here. They want too much for him is what he's trying to say. That's kind of what he was trying to say is they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. Eat it too. They don't want him on the team, but they want to to get the moon for him in return. Um, let's start just, first of all, I think this is going to happen. They're going to figure out a way to make this deal go down. Does Aaron Rodgers still have juice in the tank? And does he make the Jets a Super Bowl contender? Because that's what people are going to be saying. They're going to say Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, that's why you're bringing him in. You're bringing him in to be a Super Bowl contender. And I, you know, I don't think he said anything we didn't know on the show, but it was nice to hear it come out of somebody's mouth. Um, I did see something funny today. It was Aaron Rodgers is currently the quarterback for the Packers, the GM for the Jets, and the owner of the Bears, which is kind of funny. That's um, hilarious. It, de- it definitely puts him in the mix, right? Um, let me look at that division real quick. Depending on how, you know, Tua shows up and what the Patriots are putting together. Well, they got the Bills, too. I mean, that's a that's a tough division. Um, they're going to have to start there. They're going to have to start by winning that division, winning those games against those teams. Um, and that includes Josh Allen, which is, you know, who he's going up against. So you've got Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, uh, Joe Burrow, uh, Lamar Jackson could still be in the conference, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Russell Wilson, if he comes back. Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert. So he's in a big mix here. Um, and I think when the season comes around, some of these quarterbacks are going to be left out and some may not make the playoffs. But I think it definitely gets them in the mix. As, you know, if it can all mesh and go well, there's some young weapons there. Uh, they brought in Alan Zard. They could bring in some more veterans that know Aaron Rodgers and what he does to kind of help bring the guys up to speed. Um and it's going to get done. It'll get done. Uh, get we'll done. see. What's, we'll see what the compensation is. But um, yeah, it, it, very interesting. I, it's going to be. Man, the AFC is a tough place to be right now. Tough place to be. That's why I think it's it's a good idea for some of these teams to kind of start fresh and give give that group of quarterbacks five years or so to mellow out and you know let the next era come in slowly. The AFC is a tough place to be. The East has become like increasingly hostile. Like it used to be just the Patriots on top and then the Bills trickled in and then we were a little bit worried about the Dolphins. But now it seems like all four of these teams in this division and the Patriots are at the bottom here. As far as their roster goes, I really think the Patriots have the worst roster now in the division. And that's even maybe without the Jets having a quarterback. Like right now, Aaron Rodgers isn't the quarterback for the Jets. And I still think the Patriots might have the worst roster. Now they do have Bill Belichick. Um, defensively, the Jets are like, like super under the radar. The Jets are a great defensive unit. Uh, they're not. That's not going away. They're a young, young team all the way around. I don't really know about the the line. Like, what's the offense and defensive line? Like, I don't know enough about them. Is I guess that's the missing piece. Yeah, I mean the defense was solid last year. I can try to pull up some stats while we're talking here. But they've got like Quinnen Williams, who came out of the draft a few years ago. Um, he either just got paid or he's about to get paid. 
Uh, really good interior defensive lineman. They got Sauce Gardner out in the secondary. Um, and I think it's just a lot, a lot of young players. Um, let me see if I can find their defensive stats real quick. And something went wrong on ESPN. Jets were number four in yards per game this year. So it's a really solid group. Um, Robert Sala is the coach. Uh, he was the defense coordinator for the 49ers. They've, they had a really solid defense there for a few years. So uh, he's got a really solid group that they've put together. They've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten defensive ends on the roster. Quinn um, and Williams, C.J. Mosley, linebacker. There it is, Mosley. Um, Sauce Gardner. Marcus Joyner. So there's some names. Um, but I feel like it's probably a lot of young guys they've gotten through the draft. They are, yeah, I see a lot of 24, 25, 22, just some young guys that are, you know, if you can mesh them together with some veterans, you know, they can be solid. So They are meshing together. I, I think with, with Aaron Rodgers, I'd, I'd say the Jets win the division. Uh, I think, I think, I don't think that's crazy to say. They, they nearly, the Packers nearly went to the playoffs last year, and I can name one wide receiver of merit and he was a rookie like Aaron Rodgers was on an island and he made it work I don't think that Aaron Rodgers is the two-time back-to-back MVP that he used to be but I don't think he needs to be I don't think he needs to be at all and Brees Hall you know the the Jets did that all last year excuse me really without their feature running back without their first round pick Brees Hall is back like he's gonna be fine, so they're gonna have they're gonna have everything they need. I'm excited about this. Excuse me, I do think uh, I think the Jets are here. I think they're here fully. A huge problem, and the AFC just got that much worse. What do you think they do with Elijah Moore? Do you think they dump him? No. Really? No, I don't think I mean, so. I mean, you're talking. It's a packed room. You got. Um, Garrett Wilson, who's your young stud. You just brought in Alan Lazard. He's going to be a starter. Um, it's Corey, da- Corey Davis had a really good season the year before. Is Corey Davis, he's a cut candidate. I mean, if you have to cut one of them, I would I would say that Corey Davis is more likely to be replaced by Lazard uh, than Moore would be. Yeah. I don't know. I just know Elijah Moore is very unhappy during the season last year. You're right. Actually, seven- now that you say that, I remember that. You're right. He was very happy, and he was chirping a lot. Yeah, yeah, and I know there were a couple other wide receiver candidates that Rodgers had on a, you know, guys that he likes list. So Randall Cobb, uh, Odell Beckham, but Odell Beckham. Th- that list was made up. He said, "Well, I don't so know what's true and what's not." I, I true. know what you're talking about. Yeah, I think he probably said these are guys that I like. I don't think he said these are my guys that I want. I think he just, it was more of a these are guys that I would love to play with. You know. Yeah, I'd love to play with Odell Beckham on his list. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, a deal that did happen. Anything else for Aaron Rodgers? Nope. A deal that has happened. Baker Mayfield gets a proven opportunity with probably the best team he's ever played with, Tampa Bay. So he'll be throwing to, is Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, is he a free agent this year? No. No, still on the roster. Good. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, um, what more could you ask for just out of those two right there? Now, Leonard Fournette's not around anymore. Don't know what they're going to do with the running back position, but that's an easy position to fill as we're about to talk about. Um, 
Let's make let's make this Baker Mayfield conversation as brief as we can. How does this compare? What does Baker Mayfield this year look like compared to Tom Brady of last year? I mean, do we know that he's going to be starting? I mean, is this not going to be a competition between him and Kyle Trask? I think they say it's a competition. I don't think it really is a competition. I disagree with that. I mean, Kyle Trask, we'll see where they drafted him at here. Uh, Kyle Trask was a second round pick in 2021. So that's a guy you invested draft capital into pretty high in the draft. Um, presumably to take over after Tom Brady left. So I would definitely say it's a QB competition and Baker Mayfield hasn't really proven himself to be a bona fide starter in this league. Um, so I, I, for me, it creates a very interesting situation. I don't expect Baker to start. Yeah, he could start right off the bat, but I think it's definitely going to be a competition, um, which is a good thing to have if you, you know, especially with the young guys. See if that that helps elevate him. See if he he shows up and goes to that next level. If he fails and falls on his face, you know, Baker Mayfield could get in his head a little bit. Um, yeah, I think it's an interesting situation. I might have come into that too hot. It's definitely a competition. I think I went into that guns blazing. The The structure of Baker's deal, one year, $8 million, tells me that it's, a, that's why I said it was a prove it deal for him. Trask is good. Like he's on a rookie contract. They can keep him around for a couple of years. They don't really need to find out what they have with him right now. If Trask loses the QB competition, <clears throat> that's best case scenario for Tampa Bay because they roll out with Baker, have a terrible year, get a better draft pick, they still have Trask, Trask, their second-round pick. I see what you're saying. I think it will be a competition. It'll be one that we're going to talk about a lot because it's going to heat up in the offseason, partially because just because of the name, Baker Mayfield. He was the first overall pick at one point. Uh, but that right there is fascinating. You've got the first overall selection on the roster. Uh, we're talking about it being a competition, and it will be. I think he starts. I do think he's going to be the starter, and I think he's going to have to lose the job if he, if it works. He's going to get a big contract. That's that's what I think. I don't. Or or is Baker Mayfield the next Ryan Fitzpatrick? I guess it'll be one of those two things. I don't know. I don't know. Is there ever I mean, going to be another Ryan Fitzpatrick? I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of journeymen, a lot of journeymen. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick got a little different swag to him. He had a big big beard, and he was from Harvard. So those things kind of elevated them in your memory, but I guess that's true. Who's the uh, backup for the Cardinals? Oh, uh, wow. Uh, starts with a B. Fuck, let me pull it up real quick. Colt McCoy and David Blau. They've got two journeymen over there. David, David Blau's Blau, not that old. He's from Purdue. It's like David his Blau, fourth or hey. fifth year. Listen, David Blau is in the twilight. Like twilight's the end, right? He he's at the beginning of his journeyman career. David Blau's gonna be around for a long time, but Colt McCoy is another Ryan Fitzpatrick, but he's just not as cool as Ryan. But Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick was a winner. <laughs> he was a winner. Like he was the journeyman that was gonna win you a game. Do you not remember he was winning games and they pulled him for Tua, and everybody was like, "What the fuck is going on here, bra?" Do you remember that? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, like like everywhere he goes, he wins more games than he loses. 
or won more games than he lost, I guess. Past tense. Ryan Fitzpatrick win loss record 67, 98, and one. That's pretty good for a backup, bro. Right, but he's not, you call him a winner. He's a winner. He's a winner. <laughs> All right. That's enough Nicole, about Nicole McCoy's Nicole, Nicole 11 and 25 as a starter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. Um, running backs. Flurry of running backs of the last 48 hours. This will be the bulk of our show. Uh, let's just get right off the rip. LaMichael Le- 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 Pirine to Denver was fascinating to me. I've got him on some fantasy football teams in the dynasty stash, and I loved seeing this as a fantasy owner because, as we all know, Javonta Williams just completely destroyed his knee. Totally, completely unfortunate. Uh, it's going to take him. This is not just an ACL injury for the star running back of that team. They shipped off Melvin Gordon because of a bad attitude. Um, there was another... Oh, Booker. Was it Booker is the other running back there? I don't know. There was another. Dude, they, they've got an absolute stable. This is uh, Samaj P. Ryan, I believe, that got signed. Did I say Levante P. Ryan? Did I say something stupid? You, you said LeMichael. Lem- um, oh, my God, listen, LeMichael P. Ryan. Dude, listen to this running back stable in Denver. Tyler Batty, Mike Boone, Marlon Mack, Latavius Murray, Samaj P. Ryan, and Javante Williams. Absolute stable of running backs over there. It's a stable. It's a stable. But, uh, P, P. Ryan's a really good veteran. Uh, he, he's always gotten some run with the Bengals. Uh, he's usually pretty productive when he gets the ball. When Joe Mixon's been out, he's a really been a really good fill-in in fantasy. Um, he's definitely going to be pr- productive there in, in Denver. Uh, Mike Boone... He can't. He's been productive, but he's not. He's not a, a, at that tier. He's not going to get all the run. Marlon Max, not not what he used to be. Same with Latavius Murray. If Javante Williams is healthy. He's going to be the bell cow, and you're going to see a lot of Samaj P. Ryan. Yeah, I think for the first half of the season, we'll see a bunch of him. I'm excited for him to get an opportunity to to work again, um, to continue working. Because, like you said, when Mixon was gone, uh, P. Ryan stepped right in, and there really wasn't much missed. As a matter of fact, I don't have the metrics in front of me, but I would venture to say that Pirine was just as efficient, if not more efficient, as a runner last year than Mixon was. I know Mixon had a pretty rough year as far as efficiency goes. I'm excited about it. The team looks stable. Like, they're making good decisions. I'm excited to see what Denver has to has to offer. The The, the, the running back room is stout, but I don't. do you worry? Like, Boone is not not the guy. Like, he is just a backup guy. Um, yeah. I worry about Marlon Mack because you said he's not what he used to be. But, dude, I'm those those um, Achilles injuries are a big deal, man. And I just always worry. I, do you worry about Marlon Mack? I guess I'll just say that. I mean, not on a daily basis. I don't worry about him too much. I think about but, him all the time. I mean, his, his career's on the tail end. He's He might be around for a little bit, just bounce around the league, but... He's not, he's, you're never going to see Marlon Mack in a starting role again. Because oh. after that year he got hurt, we cut him, or he, his contract was up, went to Houston, didn't make the roster, and then he's bounced around. But just a notable name in that stable is the reason I brought him up. Another notable name in a very small stable was Ezekiel Elliott, cut from the Dallas Cowboys. Just cut. Just cut his ass. This brings up, so this is really something that you were talking about 
you talk about it a lot that I think in fantasy we say running back doesn't matter in fantasy football. Now, obviously, the position matters in real football. I'll let you lead on Zeke. How did we get here? Why is it not a surprise? Because I know you don't think it was. I thought it was a surprise. And just take this one. Like, what happened? Like, what's the story of the end of Ezekiel Elliott? Yeah, I mean, he was on the tail end of his big contract, and he hasn't been productive. He's been more of a goal line threat uh, here in the last year or two. Just obviously not the same Zeke. We, I saw a stat today. He led the NFL in rushing in 2016, I believe. I mean, that was seven years ago. Uh, and that, that was probably either the first or second year of him being in the league. And then a couple years after that, he got his big contract, and here we are. They were paying him a bunch of money, and he wasn't doing anything. Um, I, I'm not a believer in paying running backs. Um, I don't think the Colts should pay Jonathan Taylor. Um, if, so for me, yeah, not a surprise at all, especially with the production you've been getting out of Tony Pollard. I don't know how much cap space, uh, Zeke Elliott cleared up for them. I'm sure I can look that up pretty quickly, but yeah, not a surprising move at all for me. Um, I don't know where he'll go from here. Somebody's going to pick him up, but. Yeah, just not, you know, not the guy he was when he came into the league. These running backs wear down quickly. Who do you think could pick him up? Two questions. Who do you think, let's let's brainstorm who could pick him up. And real quick, it should be easy. Is Tony, Tony Pollard the guy? Like, is, he, oh, yeah. is he the guy in Dallas now? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, now who could pick up Zeke? Take a look here. Um did the Bills do anything at the running back position? We're not about to talk about a Bills running back, are we? They have not, and we're not about to talk okay. about a Bills running back. Okay. Uh, I could see the Bills getting in the mix. Miami's Maybe retained they're... all of their running backs, so they bought them all back. Okay. Um, Bills stick out for me there. The Bills do the stick Ra- out. The Ravens are known for bringing in veterans uh, at the running back position. I like the Ravens. Oh, I like the Ravens. And, hell, maybe the Chiefs just pull the trigger on him. They've brought in some veteran running backs, you know, after they've been cut. Like, um, who's the, oh, uh, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell, uh, I guess they might have been there last year. They they did bring him in. I don't know if they ever actually played him. Yeah. Those are two spots that I like a lot. And the Chiefs. The Chiefs don't really have... I guess they've got Pacheco, but they don't really have, like, a goal line guy. All the guys are pretty shifty. So the Chiefs, the Ravens, and the Bills, I feel like, are teams that could be in the mix. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I love it. The I, I don't like the Chiefs as much. I'd say the Ravens and the Bills. I think that's going to happen. What about, um, no, okay. No, no. No, okay. I like those two. Let's just leave it there. Okay, um, let's see. We got Rashad Penny to the Eagles, James Robinson to the Patriots, Miles Sanders traded out of the Eagles to the Panthers. We talked about the Panthers a lot this show. They're making moves, man. They are making moves. Which of those three is your favorite? Rashad Penny to the Eagles, Sanders to the, pa- to the Panthers, or James Robinson to the Patriots? My favorite, ooh, I mean they're all they're all running backs that are kind of 
they, they popped at some point, but they haven't been the bell cows we thought they were going to be. I think all these guys we thought were going to be bell cows. Rashad, Rashad Penny's had some injury issues, but when he's been healthy, he's shown a lot of flashes. So I don't know his whole situation with health right now, but I'm going to assume the Eagles are going to get him in the next year at some point healthy. And if that's the case, then he's better than Miles Sanders, I think, as a bell cow, which is really the only thing the Eagles are missing uh, is a really solid run game. Um Miles Sanders to the Panthers, I love that. I think, you know, he, he could definitely use a change of scenery. Um, you know, Frank Reich knew how to use Jonathan Taylor. Maybe he can develop Miles Sanders a little bit more. He's, and these are all guys, I feel like, with juice left in the tank. Not like Ezekiel Elliott, where his tanks seems to, seems to be on the tail end. Uh, so I think there's still juice in all these guys. James Robinson, an undrafted player who's had a really good career, has bounced around the last couple seasons, but... For me, just the match here with the Patriots, just a match made in heaven. This just reminds me of LeGarrette Blunt uh, on a couple of those Super Bowl runs. Just a guy to, you know, just the reinforcements, just send it in, send him in, and he's going to fuck shit up. Because James Robinson will get in there and get dirty, put some dudes on the ground. Uh, so I love that. Love him in the mix of the Patriots. He may not get all the run, but he, you know, he's going to have a situation where they need him to run out the clock at the end of a game and, he could show up and get it done. So I, I love, I'm a fan of all these moves. I think they all make sense. Panthers obviously lost Christian McCaffrey, and I think Sanders is a solid player to slide in if they can get you know the best out of them. I'd say my least favorite of these three is Sanders to the Panthers, and it's because I think, like you had mentioned, we expected big things out of most of these players. Sanders is the guy I expected the most out of that we got the least out of. With Rashad Penny, it's somewhere in the middle, and you have to remember James Robinson came into the league as an undrafted free agent. We really didn't expect much. He just fucking showed up one day. We're like, oh God, this is a guy. Like, holy shit, this guy can fucking run the ball. For that reason, I do think that James Robinson's my favorite, but you said that. So I'll say Rashad Penny is my favorite. I think Rashad Penny is a better Miles Sanders. He's a bigger, stronger, he's, he's, he can't be a worse pass catcher, to be honest. We, that was part of Miles Sanders' stick was he was able to be a pass catcher in the backfield, and he just wasn't very good at it. He hasn't been very efficient. So I think Rashad Penny's capable of filling in that spot. I think the Eagles have taken some steps back on the defensive side of things, but they've kept up offensively. So we'll see what happens. Um, I liked Rashad Penny. Uh, I got a little bit frustrated with him, as I'm sure most people did, because, like you said, there were, there were some injuries. There was a lot of inefficiency early in his career. He was behind Chris Carson. He was buried behind Chris Carson. And then sometimes I think there were times where we thought maybe they should give us more Penny and less Carson. And, and when they did that, Penny wasn't efficient. It seems to me like Rashad Penny is one of those guys that gets more efficient as the game goes on. The more touches he gets, the more he wears a team down. Uh, I don't know if it's because he's gotten bigger or if he's gotten better or what it is, but I'm excited for it. I think he's going to be effective in that offense. I think that him standing next to Jalen Hurts is way scarier than uh, Sanders next to Jalen Hurts. Anyway, the Panthers are name. We've been saying their name a lot. They've been really busy. Like they're trying to rebuild this team. I don't know if they're going to do it or not. 
but they sold the farm to trade to the 101. I don't know. I guess I don't remember off the top of my head which day it was. We recorded on a on a Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday podcast. Um. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Not long after we recorded the last show, the Panthers moved their chips all in to get to the first overall pick in the draft. That becomes official today. And uh, yeah, here they are. So really causes a, kind of a shakeup. This is the shakeup that we thought could happen. That I don't think anybody really expected to happen. Uh, but here it is. Now the Colts sit at four. They need a quarterback. The Texans sit at two. They need a quarterback. And the Panthers have traded to one. What, I mean, I don't know what to do with this, to be honest with you. I didn't see this coming. I honestly had myself convinced that the Indianapolis Colts would trade up to the first overall pick and take their choice. I thought this was finally the year that was going to happen. It's not. And I can be okay with that as a Colts fan. What do you, clearly they traded up for a quarterback. So what quarterback do you think is going off the board first and second? Because those picks aren't tradable. At this point, that, that's done. That yeah. leaves Indianapolis with a decision. Do they sit at four or they move, move up to three to make sure that they can't be leapfrogged? Yep, and I, I'm actually going to run some scenarios by you here in a few minutes. But uh, the compensation was the ninth overall pick in the draft, uh, the second uh, second round pick this year. Uh, that's the 61st overall pick, a first round in 2024 and a second round in 2025. And on top of all that, they got DJ Moore. Insane. So I guess knowing that, would you, would you have been cool with the Colts giving up a similar package? No, absolutely not. Like those, all those picks. And then Michael Pittman. Absolutely not. I feel you feel, I kind of feel like you're setting yourself back even further. Like, you need those picks to help your quarterback, whoever you draft, and it's going to be tough for the Panthers to do that, but they've been active in free agency, so that's that's kind of the compromise. We've been talking about on the whole show. They got running back help. There's some defensive help. Um, so they, it seems like they've got a plan uh, as far as who they're going to pick. I would imagine you know, you're sending all that and you're going to one. It's probably going to be C.J. Stroud, who I think is probably flying up boards, who I think it probably is, or Bryce Young. Uh, could be either. I think those are two of the more less risky options in this draft. I, I guess there's a chance you go all the way up for Anthony Richardson, but there's just not enough there at the moment to do that. I feel like if you're going to one, you drafted a guy that you think can come out and start day one. I don't know if Anthony Richardson's that guy. Maybe they think he is. I don't know. And uh, I wasn't real impressed with Will Levis at the Combine, not necessarily from his on-field stuff, but just the off-the-field stuff. Uh, doesn't seem like a locker room leader to me at the moment. But all that could change at one point. I thought he was the number one guy in this draft. So who knows how I'll feel in a couple weeks. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be very interesting. I would imagine C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young probably go one and two, unless Richardson gets thrown in there as well. Um, and then that leaves the Cardinals at three, who you would assume if they stay there, take Will Anderson, arguably the best player in the draft overall, which is a steal at three. Uh, or they could trade out to somebody else who probably isn't the Raiders at this point. Um, let me take a look at the board real quick. What are some options for them? Uh, you got Seattle. Maybe the Lions. If they want to get in the mix at three, uh, those could be options. The Falcons are down at eight. 
If I'm the Cardinals, though, I'm probably going to bluff the Colts. And, like, I don't really want to go past four because if, if I can just swap with the Colts, if I can just get, like, a second this year or a first-rounder next year to swap with them, then I'm getting an extra pick and getting the same guy I wanted. So, um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see if a team has the balls to jump, jump past. Um, but you're jumping past the Colts to get the third best quarterback on the board, presumably. Uh, so we, we will see what happens. Uh, we briefly talked about the Colts. I'm going to hit you with some would you rathers, Tony. And I've, I've got four scenarios here. And you've got wait, to wait, tell wait, me wait, what... wait. Before we move on, do you remember last week we talked about a mock draft that had Anthony Richardson the Colts trading up to the first overall pick to get Anthony Richardson. Do you remember that? Yep. The same people who made that mock draft put out a new one with the Panthers at the first spot, and they did not take Anthony Richardson. So I don't know what yeah. the fuck that person was thinking. Like, they literally just put names on paper. Yeah, not a lot of thought. Like, But you also can't. They, they could be putting out a mock draft every week, and they don't want to put out the same mock draft every week. Who knows? I mean, once a week, I Google NFL mock draft just to see what's going on. So there's content there, right? Whatever. So if you just post a mock draft every week. Um, all right. Would you rather? You're the Colts. Uh, obviously, best case scenario is you get to sit at four and either one of the three, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, or – Anthony Richardson fall to you at four. But we're going to assume that doesn't happen. Let's say somebody trades up for the third pick. Would you rather, instead of letting somebody else trade up, you trade up to the third pick with the Cardinals and you secure one of those guys. So you, you trade up to three, you give up, let's say a first rounder next year to move up one spot and you get one of those guys. Um, the Colts get jumped you could draft Will Anderson, the best player in the draft at four, and trade back into the late first round and trade back into the first round, I should say, and draft a guy like Hendon Hooker so you could get a fifth-year option on him because he's a first-round pick. Uh, Colts get jumped, and you just draft Will Anderson, and you wait a year. You just say, you know what? There's not enough left here on the bone. We'll just wait a year, take the best player in the draft to keep building or scenario four, you can pay Lamar Jackson and give up this year and next year's first round picks. Okay. So options were sit at four. Give me the options again. Reader's right. digest version. Yep. So instead of somebody jumping, yeah, you can you can go ahead and trade with the Cardinals, get to three. And you're probably trading next year's first to get there. And you okay. can get one of those top three quarterbacks. If you do get jumped, you can sit there and draft Will Anderson and then take like a Hendon Hooker late in the first so you can get a fifth-year option. Or you can sit there and draft Will Anderson and wait until next year for a quarterback. Or you can pay Lamar Jackson and give up this year and next year's first-round picks. Okay. So I'm going to... Th- this is the way I look at multiple choice. I'm going to throw out the obvious, the obviously wrong answer. I'm not paying Lamar Jackson and giving up two yeah. firsts. So th- throw Which that out. I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I've been hearing a lot of buzz about how the Colts should get in that mix. But I think if you're bringing in Lamar Jackson, you keep a guy like Stephon Gilmore. I feel like Lamar Jackson, you're saying you're in a win-now scenario. But by sending Stephon Gilmore out of town to clear cap, you're 
you're rebuilding basically. So I agree. I agree. So staying at four and taking Will Anderson is not the answer either. <clears throat> so, but you, but but you've been jumped. So, let's, then, the Seahawks the Seahawks have jumped you, and they're at three. So you're getting the fourth quarterback in this draft. But one of the options was to trade up, right? Yep, two three. So I'm going to leave trade up on there. Here, here's the problem. You, you, to me, it's one of two things. You can trade up with something that makes sense, which I think is potentially a second round pick to move up one spot. I think that makes sense. If the guy there is the guy that Ballard and his scouting staff like, yeah, I could see him moving up the one spot, making it happen. If it costs you a second round pick in the future, that's okay. I don't think I'd pay. I don't think I'd pay first. I think it's. I think it's ridiculous because, like you said, the Colts have a lot of leverage in that scenario. Here, here's here's what I say to the Cardinals. Cardinals, you can have your guy Will Anderson this year. And nothing extra on top next year. Or, if you would like, you can have Will Anderson this year and a second-round pick next year. Yeah. I wouldn't do it for a first. I'd try, I'd try for a third. I think Chris Ballard's smart enough to ask for a third-round pick, right? Yeah. I don't know that that works. I think you start talking about collusion at that point. Like People's heads start rolling when that happens. But to move up one spot, is a second not enough? In theory, you'd think it'd be enough, right? Just to make that phone call with the cars and be like, hey, man, Seattle's calling me too. And they're giving me a first next year. And I feel like I've got a guy on my board that I'm just as happy with. Then I'm going to take the fifth option, which is one you didn't give me. Okay? okay. Let's imagine the Cardinals are being unreasonable and they want some stupid shit to move up one spot. Which, they're, <laughs> listen, they're probably going to ask for some stupid shit to move up one spot. Let's imagine that happens. And the Colts get jumped. And the worst case scenario is here. Trade back. (laughs) The easiest answer is the right answer. Almost all the time. Fucking trade back. Do it all over again. Let somebody else have the second best player in the draft while all these fucking dumbasses were scrambling over quarterbacks that probably aren't going to be on the roster in three years. Let the other teams fucking do it. If you're not going to get your guy... Ballard has taught me a lot of patience. If you're not going to get your guy... Fucking trade back. Get a couple other guys that aren't your guys either, right? And <laughs> if one of them fucking works out, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, there's going to be a guy like Hooker. They're bringing him in to talk with him. They're going to do a workout with Hooker. Uh, don't be shocked. That's what I'm saying is, is I lean that direction. Is the Colts trade back out of the fourth pick. They can get a guy like Hooker and then some more. I don't know that he's the answer. That's not what they're looking for. They're after a franchise quarterback. But sometimes you go to the grocery store to get a pineapple, and the only pineapples there are all shriveled up and brown, and the tops have all been chewed off, right? So you don't yep. get a you don't get a pineapple. You have to get a fucking mango instead. That's that's gonna be interesting. I mean, like for me, if the Colts sit at four, and I mean, really, if you sit at four and any of those three guys drop to you, I feel like you just you just fucking worked everybody because everybody else is out here sacrificing their future to move up and you were patient enough to sit there and wait. So I don't know. I, I mean, part of me would be happy with Will Anderson. You're talking about, 
you're basically drafting the best player in the draft at four. Didn't cost you anything. And then you can do whatever you want from there. I don't really care. But I don't know. Colts are in a sticky situation right now. It's become worse. It's become worst case scenario. But at the same time, if I would have spent what the Panthers spent, obviously we wouldn't have had to spend quite that much. Let's say that other second round pick, it, it falls off there. I mean, I'm still not happy. Like, you just mortgaged everything for this guy. And he's not hes not a Trevor Lawrence. He's not an Andrew Luck. He's any he, All these guys are really just dice rolls. So, very interesting. It's going to be a very exciting uh, next month for Colts fans. And I can't wait. I can't wait to see what we do. I can't wait. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. <clears throat> is, is it weird that... Obviously, I grew up with Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck right after. Is it weird that I kind of enjoy the chaos? Like, of not, like... It's not the old weird. Colts, the old Colts fan, you know, we just woke up. We were like, hey, Colts play the uh, the Jets this weekend. It's going to be a win. We're going to be a 12-4 and four football team, make the playoffs, and then we'll start caring and see if we get to the Super Bowl. But now it's like every game's a grind, and I feel like there's something for me to wake up for and watch every Sunday, you know? There are. Know. It's not weird. It's not weird. I guess I'll tap into, and I think you can appreciate this too. There was a time in my life where Christmas morning – was like the day to be alive because you don't know what shit's under that tree. Like you got no clue. It might be a brand new Xbox shit. One year I got this big 32 inch TV that I could, that was, it weighed as much as I did. Motherfucker was 32 inches wide. And I'll tell you what, I was the King's shit that day. Right. Oh yeah. No idea what's under the tree. It's all wrapped up in these little packages, cheap wrapping paper. Right. One year I grew up many years later. I was lucky enough to be able to make a good living for myself. And Christmas morning came, and there were about five packages under the tree. And I had a really good idea about what four of those five packages were. Right? There was no chaos that morning. And Christmas was good. But it wasn't quite as good. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the best I can explain. Is there was a point in time where every Christmas, every Sunday, we went down to our television and underneath our TV was four touchdowns and 500 passing yards. All right? Yeah. <laughs> like every Sunday. And now you're like, hey, is this going to be a 200-yard turd? Or is this going to be a 550-yard barn burner? Right? Am I, get, am I getting underwear? Is this a, is this a seven, like a 20-pack of underwear or is this an Xbox? What are we getting? You never know. Shake it. <clears throat> Shake it. No, it's not weird. Yeah. I enjoy the chaos, too. Yeah. We might like be really it. disappointed on Christmas, though. I'm just saying. Hey, that's part of the game, right? That's that's what we're here for. Hey, bright side, we got a kicker. We you got know, a fucking it, kicker. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'd really like to buy a Matt Gay jersey, and I would love to pair it with a Hendon Hooker jersey because then I would have Gay and Hooker. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle up. Team on three. One, two, three. The three people that stay at the end of that show are going to laugh their ass off.
hundred percent. 